I'm Grady Booch, and this is my column on computing, the human experience. I find the exploits of Sheldon Cooper and his friends in the Big Bang Theory to be incredibly charming. Here we have the portrayal of a supposedly brilliant physicist trying to make his way in the world, a world that operates in ways that run quite counter to his precise analytical mind. That he's a physicist and not a chemical, mechanical, or software engineer contributes to the story in an important way. Thank goodness he isn't a doctor, lawyer, policeman, spy, or some other type of real person, any manner of which television seems to have an inexhaustible supply. In a cynical television culture, where everything and nothing is served up real-time at every hour of the day, where there's an abundance of connection coupled with a dearth of substance, all existing in an atmosphere of considerable mediocrity punctuated by manufactured reality, it's refreshing to touch on a character who has at his core a sense of innocence, awe, and mystery in delightful juxtaposition with the human experience. Theoretical physicists labor to trace the most obscure threads from which reality is woven, and in the process it draws them to ask the questions science itself cannot answer, such as why the universe is, what meaning it has, and how we should best live in it. As Einstein observed, the important thing is not to stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. One cannot help but be in awe when he contemplates the mysteries of eternity, of life, of the marvelous structure of reality. Feynman offered similar sentiments when he noted, Poets say science takes away from the beauty of the stars, mere globs of gas atoms. Nothing is mere. I too can see the stars on a desert night and feel them. But do I see less or more? What men are poets who can speak of Jupiter if he were a man, but if he is an immense spinning sphere of methane and ammonia must be silent? In this, our profession of computing, we stand in stark and curious contrast to these theoretical physicists who contemplate the fierce complexity of the universe and attempt to distill its essence into an astonishingly simple, elegant, and approachable standard model that can be used to explain the birth of a star as easily as the graceful motion of a gentle ocean wave rising up on a moonlit beach. In our world of software and hardware, we do quite the opposite. We take the blindingly simple ideas of Turing-complete machines, engineer basic circuits that make binary logic manifest, wrap them both up in these huge, tangled, dripping hairballs formed from millions of lines of code and billions upon billions of transistors, slap them together in collaboration with other equally messy and complex software-intensive systems, and then as best we can, make them all invisible to the world. When the bones of our implementation shows through, when the veil that obscures our computing inventions are parted, it typically gives rise not to emotions of awe and delight, but rather to anger, frustration, and annoyance. Our civilization runs on software, as Bjarne Struistrup has said, and yet that same civilization is for the most part actively indifferent as to the nature and fundamentals of the computing technology that has transformed the world just as long as it works. I'd like to change that. As an insider to computing, I know that there is an inner beauty to software and hardware that is as elegant and awe-inspiring as the motion of the stars, whose history and stories of creation are human stories that are filled with drama and surprise, and whose implications are as transformative as the Renaissance or the Industrial Revolution. Furthermore, all of us here are insiders, and it is our stories that I seek to celebrate. 
As I often say, it's a privilege to be a developer because collectively we have changed the world. It's also a responsibility to be a developer because collectively we continue to change the world. A few years ago, I was in dialogue with John Holler, CEO of the Computer History Museum in Mountain View. Before coming to the museum, John had worked at PBS. After congratulating him on landing some essential funding that allowed the museum to proceed with its revolution exhibit, I kiddingly asked John, when are you going to do a documentary like Sagan's Cosmos? John replied, why don't you be our Sagan? To be excruciatingly clear, I am no Sagan, but Sagan is certainly one of my heroes. In his lifetime, he produced an incredible body of work that ranged from popular accounts of science to military and social projects to the production of the Voyager Golden Records, which long ago passed beyond the edge of our solar system. For the past several years, I've titled this column On Architecture, focusing on the science and the sociology of software architecture. I will continue my work on the underlying handbook of software architecture elsewhere, but here I'm changing my focus. I'm working to open the curtain on computing to the general public in a project called Computing the Human Experience. In this column, now retitled On on Computing, I'll share that journey with you, my professional computing colleagues, as we begin this public dialogue. Computing has played a fundamental role in the advancement of the human spirit, encompassing war, commerce, the arts, science, society, and faith. Computing causes us to consider the very meaning of self and sentience. The impact of computing on humanity is therefore a clear and present reality, and as such, it compels us to tell the story of computing now, so that we might intentionally shape the future of computing rather than let society be passively shaped by it. An informed and educated populace is far more able to reconcile its past, reason about its present, and intentionally create its future. Computing the human experience is a transmedia project, meaning that we're working across a number of media, from print to the web to traditional and emerging broadcasting channels. Among other things, we hope to deliver a multi-part series of one-hour episodes wherein we'll teach the essential science of computing, present the stories of the people, events, and inventions in the history of computing, examine the connections among computing, science, and society, and contemplate the future. In the spirit of Carl Sagan's cosmos, computing will inform inspire and entertain. Computing has been in development the last four years. My wife and I are its co-creators. I'm the resident geek, philosopher, and storyteller, and my wife comes from a background in psychology and theology. As an IBM fellow, I'm given considerable latitude in the projects I pursue, and this is one of the projects that I've undertaken. I won't make the terrible mistake Howard Aiken did regarding the Harvard Mark I. We are joined in this effort with John Holler, as well as Seth Friedman, a writer, playwright, and composer with whom I've collaborated for many years. To guide our work, we have assembled an advisory board of luminaries, including Vince Cerf, Alan Kay, Tim O'Reilly, Mary Shaw, Dean Kamen, Dag Spicer, Martin Campbell-Kelly, and others. Computing is a global story and is intended to reach a large, large global audience. We hope to reach three audiences. The intellectually curious general public, who are attracted to an exploration of computing's past and present and its implications for the future. Today's youth, inspiring them to understand and pursue computing for their future. And you, the professional insider to the world of computing, in celebration of the people who shaped the past and continue to shape its future. The story of computing is the story of humanity. This is a story of ambition, invention, creativity, vision, avarice, and serendipity, powered by a refusal to accept the limits of our bodies and our minds. 
In future columns, I'll share some of these stories as they unfold. I invite you to our website, and you can follow us on Twitter as well. The past several months, we've been interviewing people from all walks of life, asking them to tell us the story of how computing has touched their lives. We've collected several hundred such stories, from how they met their spouses, to how computing saved their lives, to how computing keeps them connected to those whom they love. And yet, if you ask any of these same people deeper questions about how computers work, what software is, and what is and isn't possible with computing, you rarely get meaningful answers. Actually, this isn't surprising. I expect that many of you reading this have a difficult time explaining what you do to your non-computing family and friends. In that sense, we, as the computing professionals, have been very successful in crafting the illusion of simplicity. I think it's fair to say that to most people, the science and technology of computing are a passing interest. As one goes through daily life filled with all the usual struggles and joys of being human, one is often just as incurious about the movement of the stars. It is enough that our computers work. It is enough that the stars do what stars will do. And yet, we are from time to time compelled to look at the stars and ask how and why, knowing that we are changed by the asking. Computing, the human experience, seeks to address these questions about computing, exploring how computing has co-evolved with humanity and how each has been changed by the other. 